0: This is Elizabeth Chapin with Austin Enneagram. And I'm here today with my husband, Nathaniel Chapin. Hi. (laughs) And I did the five with Lillian. And now I'm doing the five with him. It feels fun to do multiples. And especially when they're in my family. So we're going to go through Helen's chapter again. I told Nathaniel he could not listen to Lillian's podcast so that he would not mentalize it.
1: And I obeyed.
0: Good. The observer's ego is like a castle, a high, impenetrable structure with tiny windows at the top. The occupant rarely leaves its walls watching who comes to the door in secret while avoiding being seen. Observers are very private people they like to live in secluded places away from emotional strain. They are often at home with the phone unplugged and they watch the action from the edge of a crowd making tentative effort to join. When I read that, I don't feel like that sounds like you.
1: Well, it's probably not how I mostly behave, but I certainly... um, I'm very sympathetic to that description. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think... I I mean, if I'm... It's metaphorical. If if I'm feeling... um, If I'm not feeling confident, I totally... I mean, yes. 100%.
0: You feel impenetrable?
1: Yeah. Like, I'll just withdraw. I mean, literally, I have a... You know, I have my office on the third floor of the turret. Literally, it's a castle. But, (laughs) But putting that aside... I think I said this last time we talked. Like I've caught myself, almost hiding from people when I don't feel up to an encounter. You know, staying in the shadows, observing, um, like crossing the street to avoid an encounter. Even with people that I, you know, I might be happy to see if I'm if I'm not feeling up for it. I, I'll do that.
0: You do it in a way that's not noticeable. Right. Like I, oh, it would be
1: terribly embarrassing if it were noticeable.
0: But I mean, it, you do it in a way that's not noticeable to me who's married to you. Like, if I, if you were a nine, I think it would be very noticeable that you were doing it. But mm. you do it in such a way that it is... Like, I've never know, known you to cross the street or even metaphorically cross the street. I've never... Noticed. Um, so I guess you do it, but I don't notice. Well,
1: but when I'm, if I, that, that's usually when I'm alone, if I'm with you or if I'm with somebody else. You feel
0: like you have that, to deal?
1: Not necessarily. Usually the person I'm with might be driving the energy or, you know, controlling that moment.
0: Controlling that moment.
1: Or, um, well, that's not really accurate. Maybe uh, it is, it, though. Maybe it is. <laughs> Uh, I
0: think that's interesting. The other person is controlling that moment. So that's an example, I think, of classic withdrawing stance language. The other person is controlling that moment. That's how you perceive it. Because you're not stepping into the ring. You, you don't see yourself as controlling the moment.
1: Right. It took me a long time to, growing up to figure out that I could actually exert control on the world around me. Right.
0: Okay, we'll talk about that some more, but Fives felt intruded upon his children. The castle walls were breached and their privacy was stolen. Their strategic defense is withdrawal to minimize contact, to simplify their needs, to do whatever they can to protect the private space. Fives say that they invent elaborate ways to create safe distance. Because once someone gets too close, they have lost their primary defense. The outside world feels invasive and dangerous. Does that feel true to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, when thinking back to um, when I was a child and younger, um, absolutely, I think maybe less true now, but I can remember instances or, you you know, ways of being as a child that that's completely true. I was very much in my head and a dreamer and, you know, within my family, which was fairly boisterous, um, you know, I would withdraw into dreamland pretty frequently and I was a um, heavy daydreamer. Your, not,
0: your parents were not very boisterous, but your brothers were boisterous. Well,
1: the, when the family was together, it was pretty boisterous. Four boys. Four brothers and you know, yeah. sports and competition and friends coming over and all of that. Um, but yeah, I was a big daydreamer. When I was really younger, growing up in Paris, I remember the first time I went to... Um, this Catholic school, and uh, it was all pretty shocking to me, and so I just went into silent mode for a year, and refused to answer any questions from teacher or administrators
0: for a whole year. For a whole year, I did was, you get in trouble?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I got dragged out. By,
0: <laughs> you got this, dragged out by hate. dragged
1: out of the classroom by this old witch. Um, but I was, I, I was stubborn. I was not gonna, I was not gonna give in.
0: How old were you?
1: Well, it was probably six or seven. Interesting.
0: Yeah. So that's... Okay, so the outside world felt <clears throat> dangerous, invasive. They can be hermits. They can also be quite public, but from a position of remote control.
1: Well, and I also want to say, I mean, I, I am very social. I love having friends and being with friends and doing things with friends. Um, so it's not as if I'm a constantly solitary person, but I do... I mean, I, I, I understand that impulse.
0: Right, no, um, you're very, we like to call you a unicorn five, because um, you're very social, you're a, very social, and I don't yeah. really.
1: As a teenager, I had this sailboat, this little sailboat called Laser, um, kind of a racing dinghy, and, um, growing up on the ocean, and I would just go and rig it up and go sailing for hours by myself. Like, mm-hmm. That was um, ideal. Yeah, it was pretty cool. They go way out into the ocean sail around to different islands that's um, good
0: it's good that you had your autonomy
1: no life preserver hmm as one did in the 70s
0: right um fast prefer to not get involved
1: oh totally financial <laughs> financial
0: interactions feel dangerous yeah Wow
1: yeah.
0: obligations are coercive
1: uh, so yeah financial obligations feel dangerous and also growing up in, in a um, you know family where um, it was deemed crass to talk about money you know that only um, reinforced that
0: it reinforced not talking
1: about money yeah
0: yeah can you talk about obligations feeling coercive
1: burdensome I would I would I would use the word burdensome more than Coercive, although I, I suppose I can feel coercive.
0: What? Let's define coercive. What coercive means?
1: You're being forced to do something against your will.
0: Ah, uh-huh. yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's a good word, actually. Yeah, because I, Cause I think I think as a five, you perceive an obligation as someone <laughs> forcing you to do something.
1: Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I would say I yes, and I've been the past few years. I've been really working towards shifting that and um, seeing obligations as just things that one does in the course of moving through the day. Mm-hmm. And so you perform this obligation, taking care of a family member or going to the bank or whatever it is you have to do, reviewing a document for work. and like, what why is that any worse than going, you know, wakeboarding on the lake? Like just approach it with the same attitude. Yeah. So I'm trying. Might as well. I, might as well, because yeah. you got to do the shit anyway. Right. Um, so I think I feel less that way in the last five or six years, maybe. Um,
0: what, why do you say the last five or six years? Like
1: it, I've just been more conscious of trying to shift that, um, mm-hmm. and not you know what a waste to go through life feeling that everything's a burden or coercive.
0: Anger and competition are to be controlled. And emotional attachments are felt to be a drain.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I don't want. I mean, I
0: definitely think you you don't you feel like you're not supposed to be angry.
1: Yes, I'm embarrassed by anger. That's a good word.
0: That's a good sentence. Yeah, it embarrasses
1: you, huh? It's it's um, when I get angry at somebody, which is usually because my feelings have been hurt in some way. It's not always easy for me to express that in just a straight up way. Mm-hmm. You know, it either, I either stuff it down or it comes out in an aggressive way that's not necessarily helpful. Right. Um,
0: Faths are particularly sensitive to interactions that make them visible to others. Self um, Well, let me, let me read this paragraph okay. and so. so Favs are particularly sensitive to interactions that make them visible to others self-promotion competition and demonstrations of love or hate all make fives feel as if they are playing into other people's hands
1: yeah that, that makes sense uh, So, like self-promotion um feels so wrong to me you <laughs> know <laughs> and that's like it's it, it's to the point of almost like a compulsion right um um and
0: you mean you're like a pathologically not self-promoting.
1: Right. Yeah. Which is, like, to be honest, it's probably hindered me at certain points in my life in my career. I mean, I'm perfectly happy with my career, but there are moments I can look back and think, yeah, everybody else is self-promoting. Why, why wasn't I doing it? Right. Um, that's just what you do. Right. Um, and there's something embarrassing about it. I'm, I'm not sure why. I'm like when I see other people self-promoting, it's almost like I'm embarrassed for them. I am too,
0: Uh, but I think it's because we're. I wonder if that's like a withdrawing stance thing. Like it embarrasses me too, and I think, and also I think I have like judgment and virtuousness wrapped up in it too, mm. and I think it has probably hindered me in a lot of ways.
1: But for uh, so. Back to me. Back um, <laughs> to <Yes. laughs> um, I would say, like, as a five, I think I, and I'm, I wonder if this is true of all fives, but um, sort of, I think we're in a state of perpetual imposter syndrome. And not just professionally, but even in, in personal relationships, we have a fear of being inadequate to that relationship mm. or to that role that. People are looking to us to play, or that we have stepped into.
0: Do you feel that in this marriage?
1: Oh, there are moments, totally. Yeah. Or you feel
0: inadequate?
1: I don't know. I, I would say it's more of a fear of inadequacy than okay. actual inadequacy.
0: Right. What's the
1: difference? Fear that. I mean, I'm,
0: obviously, you're not inadequate, but so a fear of. Inadequacy. And, and maybe
1: it is real. I don't know. I mean, I, no, it's no, not no, for no. That's not, I mean. not from, that's not what I mean. That's not yeah. right.
0: what I mean. Sorry, I don't mean it that way. Obviously, you're not inadequate, but I'm just wondering, fear of inadequacy. Like, what does that mean for you, like, exactly? I
1: think uh, probably that, that's rooted in shame and in, in, in not being good enough or not being enough. Enough what?
0: Do you, do you, do you know? <laughs> I don't know. Enough.
1: Whatever, whatever is whatever
0: is required is
1: required by the relationship or mm. by the job or um, mm. by the world.
0: Interesting. Okay. I definitely, yeah. Fours are always worrying about being too much, I think. So I think that's where we balance each other. A self-protective habit that is often masked by feelings of superiority. Yes over those who crave recognition and success. They believe that desires and intense emotionality indicate a lack of control, and when feelings are painful, they should be let go. There's a sense of accomplishment in being able to so easily detach from the needs that dominate other people's lives. So there's a real... As I was saying, I judge people. Fives definitely have this sense of superiority over other people who are self-promoting or who need things or acquire Mm -hmm. things or desire things. Yeah,
1: we can be pretty damn smug. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: It is quite true that fives are independent people. They can live happily alone. They have very modest needs and take great delight in their own fantasy life. Yes, you were describing that. Mm-hmm. Their independence, however, is based on their ability to detach attention from their emotional and instinctual life, which has the expensive secondary effect of forcing them to live in their minds. The love of privacy turns into loneliness when a five becomes isolated and unable to reach out, when the hunger for contact. Is aroused, fives realize how difficult it is for them to move toward people and how often they stand watching as their own life goes by. They live in an atmosphere of scarcity, preferring independence to satisfaction, wary that their own desires might cause them to become attached to others. Really good.
1: That's good stuff.
0: It's good stuff. I like, like preferring, preferring almost like preferring scarcity, like not wanting to be satisfied in a way.
1: Yeah, and so the the fear of attachment others oh, because you know I I that rings true, but also I want attachment, I want community, you know I want intimate friendships. Um, So what is it about the fear of attachment? I think part of it is the fear of being let down, of maybe having overly demanding standards for what that Mm. should be
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and being let down. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It was really hard for you to
0: ask me to marry
1: you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I
0: had to basically force you.
1: Thanks. thank God <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean just for the sake
0: of the podcast uh, we're gonna, I'm going to say that I gave Nathaniel an ultimatum I gave him six months and on the day of expiration date of the ultimatum he said let's go celebrate and we went out to dinner and then we came back to his apartment and he started doing the dishes and I sat on the couch and felt glum And Nathaniel turned around at some point and was like, what is, what's wrong? Do you want me to actually fucking ask you? And I was like, yes, sob,
1: sob, sob. Not my best moment.
0: And so you, so you did ask me, but it was super painful for you. You could hardly get the words out of your mouth. It's probably the most vulnerable I've ever seen you actually. And then once that was over, because I think it felt like some kind of horrible gauntlet you had to go through. It felt like a gauntlet, I think for you. Anyway, once you asked me, you were amazing. You were great after that. Like you were so celebratory and excited.
1: Yeah. Well, once Once I crossed that that threshold, I was all in. There was no doubt. And and I, I guess... I mean, part of the fear that was driving that behavior was the terror of loss of autonomy, um, but also knowing that if and when I crossed that threshold, I was all in. There was no going back. It was not. It was not a testing the waters. Right. Um, you understood
0: the. You understood the. Demand. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Um, you are not. And, you know, it reminds me of when, when Alabel was born and she was just an infant. And the first six months was really hard for me because of the sudden and total loss of autonomy mm-hmm. combined with um, I didn't really have a role. You know, she was attached to you and you were the pretty much this whole I mean, yeah, I could change a diaper, but, you know, she was breastfeeding and sleeping with you and I was sort of hovering around and had had lost my autonomy but didn't really have a function (laughs) and and that was hard I Uh, bet yeah
0: talk yeah because five's fear incompetency so it probably brought up a lot
1: of or inadequacy I I almost feel like inadequacy is maybe a better I don't know I don't know
0: I I, I like that you're using that yeah (laughs) I think it's a good word Five say that their feelings are more available when no one is around to see. <laughs> and I, I I wrote ha 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 out in the thing, out in the margin. This is also where I said to you, it reminds me of like if a tree falls in the forest. Yeah. Did it really fall? Um, if no one heard it. So they feel more connected to people when they are alone, remembering what was said than they are during a real life talk. So...
1: Well, so, before we get, I actually want to go back to the, solid, say that the feelings. solitude thing.
0: The fives. Oh, what? You mean like my well, back way Yeah, back? yeah. I
1: want to jump back to, to um, the loneliness. Yeah, the loneliness. So, um, I think there is a sense of security in being self sufficient and not relying on anybody. Mm-hmm. But um, ultimately, that's a dead end. And because there is, you can't live alone in the world. I mean, communities like oxygen, right? Friendships yeah. and um, <clears throat> relying on other people and other people relying on you. I mean, that's just the nature of how we live, of being a human organism. And so to deny yourself that is kind of folly. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, that's where fives can really go off the rails, convincing themselves that they don't need anybody um, that it's best not to rely on anybody because that's weak, right? Um, and it can feel strong, but ultimately, like you're looking at, you know, hello walls. Yeah. <laughs> to quote <laughs> Willie Nelson.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, and that that's that's a that's a dead end. So um, I think something that I've found helpful, and like I try to is just to cultivate community and uh, to step out of my comfort zone a little bit. And,
0: and you're and really, I think you're really good at it.
1: And it's sometimes awkward. And that's okay. Because, you know, we're as a five, I mean, I, you know, I don't know if this is true of all fives, but like expressing emotion fe- sometimes feels awkward. It can feel very awkward. Right. Um, not that it's not there. The emotion's there. Right. It's totally I mean,
0: there. Th- and also, I think this is where... Enneagram, as as I like to say, it's not everything, but it sure is a good tool. Mm-hmm. And so I think the fact that you and I do this work together, um, and do a lot of spiritual work together, and I'm so grateful for that. When the other day you got mad at me, well, let's see, what was it? Oh yeah, so the other day you got mad at me about that I kept using the word my instead of our to the point where the, there was a video on Instagram of me talking about the house for the for a tour and I kept using the word my instead of our and you you confronted me very directly and and I apologized. And then you went on to say how you'd asked me for this before and that you'd asked over the years, but I continued to do it. So it, it was a very confronting conversation and you were very mad and hurt. And because you and I are doing this work together, while I felt sort of confronted and sort of uncomfortable I also knew what was amazing was that you were actually doing that that you were mad that you were confronting me that you were asking for something from me that you were in touch with your desires
1: and I wasn't stewing on it in my head no yeah because so that's they, what we tend to do is like just just internalize it in our head and just think about it and think about it and you're not resolving it, and then by the time the opportunity comes up to actually have the conversation, you've been thinking about it so damn long, it doesn't come. I mean, it doesn't. It, it doesn't have the impact, or it doesn't have the impact, or yeah. or it's awkward to bring it. I mean, I, I think the lesson is so the bring this shit up in the heat of the moment. Like just say this yeah. is how I'm Well, feeling. it's gonna
0: be awkward when you if you do it in when it's in the heat of the moment. It's gonna be awkward later. It's gonna yeah. be awkward no matter when you do it. So I think like being aware that you feel but see I'm just so excited that you are aware that you felt that way and that you could confront me and that you like held your ground, like, you know, about yeah. why it made you mad and why you'd asked for this before and I wasn't changing my behavior and and so anyway, I just think well,
1: that well, it, it's um, you know, it's sometimes hard and I guess this is something that's said about fives that I think rings true. It's, it's we are not always quick to identify our own emotions, right? Um, and you and I encountered this. All you know your emotions immediately. In, in,
0: I, you cer- I feel them. You make, feel I may feel them, and I you're very articulate about them. Sometimes and I'm wrong about them, though.
1: I will feel. Um, disjointed or upset and i'm not really sure why i'm not really sure what's going on and i kind of have to sit down and kind of walk myself through okay what happened what is it at what moment did i have this feeling what was it that triggered it oh this person said this thing that hurt my feelings and i didn't even register that at the moment Mm -hmm. um
0: you just registered what Some discomfort,
1: discomfort, anxiety, um, resentment, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. and it you know it's sort it's spinning in my head and affecting how I'm walking through the world, and I haven't um, I haven't pinpointed what what the feeling is or why I'm having it. And yeah, so, yeah, and it might take me a long time yeah. to do that.
0: Lillian on the, Lillian's interview with me, she talked about how she when she feels confused, was her
1: word. Confusion, yes. Confu- when she totally. feels
0: confused, she d- she charts yeah. what happened back to a feeling. and so That makes total sense. It's so brilliant. Yeah. It's so yeah. brilliant. And then, I, it was a seven I was talking to the other day, he said when, when they feel confused, they realize that, that that's them having a feeling. Yeah. But they register it primarily as confusion, so I think that's really great for people who are feeling repressed to think about the moments when you're confused yeah. and and like really dial in that you're having basically you're having a feeling and then try to figure out what the feeling is
1: um, and, and also also I think something I've learned that took me a long time to learn is that um, to recognize that feelings are legit I mean you know, I used to think, well, I had to have a rationale for the feeling, right. and if I didn't have a rationale for it, then the feeling wasn't valid, and that's really fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I would spend
0: feelings are not about rationale. So much
1: time trying to rationalize my feelings or or rationalize them away, right. because I couldn't find a rationale for them. Right, um, and that really makes it hard to have a conversation about your feelings with somebody who is affecting your feelings. Um, so, um, you know, at some point in my life, I came around to the realization that, that feelings are as valid as logic and, um, and intuition is as valid as, um, cause and effect in science. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing.
0: I don't think every five could say that, honestly.
1: Oh, I don't know. We have a lot of equanimity.
0: Well... No, I think most fives are pretty <laughs> attached to their reasoning. I think a lot of fives are dismissive of feelings. Um, Very dismissive I of feelings. I would agree with
1: that, and I used to be pretty dismissive of feelings. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. They didn't compute.
0: Right. Right. So now can we talk about,
1: we can talk about feelings
0: it. are more available when no one is around to see?
1: Yeah, it's easier, sure.
0: But, yeah. So I... it It's just an intimacy barrier because if you're only so having... I would the, say
1: that's totally an intimacy thing because, yeah, expressing that feeling to the person about whom you're having those feelings is super vulnerable and super awkward.
0: Right. But that's what relationships that's what supposed really, to be yeah. so. Yeah. So, I think that generally speaking, fives go off by themselves after they've had an encounter, and then have a little feeling about it, and they're like, "Ooh, that was nice," or "I enjoyed that," or "That was." Or that was really wrong. bummed me out. Or it really yeah. bummed me yeah. out. And then you, and then you kind of check, like store that away in your 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 brain, yeah. and kind of feel like. The other person
1: understands. So, uh, understands, or, or I would also say that, like, um, you don't want to go confront that person with a feeling, whether it's a positive, loving feeling or a negative, resentful feeling, for a couple of reasons that you probably telling yourself that feeling is not valid because it's not rational. Mm-hmm. Um, you also, um, it, it's, it's messy and, and energy draining to go deal with that feeling and that person. It can be. Yeah. Um entangling.
0: Entangling, yes. That's uh, a good word.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah.
0: Fives can feel closely connected in a nonverbal way, needing only minimal contact to keep a relationship alive. Small rituals of friendship are honored. And if the friends are wise, they will make a five their observer-advisor rather than expecting demonstrations of emotion or hoping the five will be the initiator.
1: Yeah, I would say that's true. <laughs> um, but in our defense, I would say if, if, if we are there, I mean, I've said this before, it's not anything new, but if five is present and participating, um... It's kind of our love language
0: right and so, so you know and yesterday and so, yesterday you got a bunch of guy friends over here I went to Round Top and I bought a concrete sculpture of a fertility goddess and I brought it home and you didn't say anything about it you helped me get it in the garden and then you invited all these guys over. and You all say, these, I didn't
1: say anything about it as if you were expecting a negative reaction.
0: Well, you know, to be totally honest, a lot of my friends go to Round Top and come home with some object and their husband does have some reaction, some negative reaction, even if it's an eye roll. Yeah. And you, you didn't even give me an eye roll and you didn't complain about having to get this giant fertility goddess concrete thing out of my car and then you had all these guys come over and it took six guys with straps and a dolly to get a 550 pound concrete block limestone block in the place where we're going to put her so that she could be on top of it and so I'm videoing that and I am fully aware that that's your love language. Like you're doing this for me, you've got your friends over to do, help do it for me, and you're just making it happen. And that's how you love me. And so it's it's actually because that I'm um, know that that is how you love me when I'm observing it. I'm just I'm overwhelmed. Like I was overwhelmed yesterday with gratitude because I knew how. It was just a... So, but I like the sentence where it says that that if friends are wise, they will make a five-year observer advisor rather than expecting demonstrations of emotion. So, while I would... While there's... While being married to you, it's certainly not going to hurt for me to try to pull you into... Uh, demonstrations of emotion, I can work on that. But to expect it all the time, uh, it it would be foolish on my part and not realistic. So it's better to not expect it and also, more importantly, to notice the other ways you love, you show love, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: which are nonverbal ways.
1: Yeah, I guess my advice to anybody who's in a relationship with a five, a romantic relationship, is probably the best thing to know is that you're not necessarily going to get these verbal demonstrations. Um, but if that person is there with you... If you're, if you're alone... And, and is... Um, Sacrificing is not the right word, but is putting aside his or her solitude to be with you that that's an act of love yes in the perception of the five
0: right it feels sacrificial kind of to Um, get i I mean you're sacrificing solitude yeah but
1: i I don't like the word sacrificial because it's not i don't feel resistance to that Mm -hmm. i mean i um so i'm not thinking oh my gosh i'm giving up this Mm -hmm. um But you're doing it because you want to be there, I guess, is is how I would frame it. Like, you are all in if you're there.
0: Right. But I guess what I'm saying is, just in general, uh, a five does not want to sacrifice their their independence. It's hard for us to do that. So, it was hard for you to ask me to marry you. When you're doing the crossword puzzle in the morning, you would prefer that I do not speak. (laughs) So, you know, there are these examples uh, throughout the day, every day, where you seek refuge. Yeah. And so, which is fine. Like, so that's fine with me. I don't have any problem with that. So what I guess is important is when you give up those moments of refuge in the day to be move in a concrete block for me. You know, that's that's what I'm what I mean. Like I'm not saying maybe it's not maybe sacrificial is not the right word, but you have put down your need for that mental yeah. that refuge and have decided you're gonna enter into the fray of relationship.
1: Yeah. And and you know, that was fun. I mean it's it's, I, it it's fun, fun to enter into the fray of relationship. And one thing it's never been easy for me to ask for help right um not even from you who I'm married to um and that's something that's an that's a a muscle so to speak that fives would do well to flex
0: right asking for help is
1: to just make a practice of asking for help of acknowledging the um uh the illusion of independence—you like, mm. know—it's an illusion. Mm. Um, and asking for help, and, and also
0: you asked all those guys for help, and they came over yesterday. And they all came. They all came, and they enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, and and here's the other thing: is people love being asked for help. I like being asked for help. Yeah, because that's a form. That's a that's a way of creating community. Yeah, um, and you know how given modern existence where everybody's driving to jobs or, you know, on screens or whatever, um, that sense of community that probably was really prevalent at some point is not, no longer there. So you actually have to step outside of your... Your of refuge. Your, of your refuge. For all people. I mean yes, it's Particularly yes. hard for fives, but I think for all people this is true.
0: We've... we've I think between the internet and COVID, we've been... We've been all been put in our towers a little bit.
1: Yeah, and before that, just the fragmentation of communities and bedroom communities and commuting and For sure. highways and travel and um, televisions and all these things that have um, fragmented community, making community. You know, the dissolution of church churches don't play the role they used to. They're they're not they're not central to to our um, culture as much. Um, so it's harder to find community and you really have to work at it.
0: Yes. Yes, and it feels it feels awkward, I think. It does to feel kind of To kind of say, I'm going to keep working. To it. ask and for that. To ask for community. To say and, to
1: somebody, I want you to be in my community. I want to be in community with you. Right, go is, through all
0: the motions. Go yeah. through all the things that are required to, keep yes. that, to make that happen. She tells a story about this boy that built a tree house for himself and whenever his brothers would find it he would go build another one somewhere else <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I've never done that particular thing but But it's a good story. Yeah, so like I remember growing up with my brothers and you know we used to play tackle football in the yard and pick up basketball but th- they gravitated towards Um, sports and were very, very competitive and um, I just peeled off and went and found other things to do um, to um, yeah, that I was interested in but just to avoid that (laughs) To avoid what? Um, The unpleasantness of constant and direct competition
0: So competition felt like a
1: it felt invasive. It felt invasive, yes. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And and it's not that I'm not competitive. I mean, God, I am competitive, but um, so I'm not I'm not immune to that impulse. Um,
0: right. But do you feel like you lost something by by doing that? Yeah.
1: Not necessarily. I feel like I gained some things because I went off and discovered. Discovered things that I might not otherwise have discovered. It just opened other doors for me Mm -hmm. Um, And the nature of the competition, I mean it wasn't just the fact of competition the nature of that particular competition had an unpleasant edge to it Mm -hmm. Um, And that was just a family dynamic, which I don't need to get into but um, uh, So I saw that and like I don't want to engage in that unpleasantness Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah So a fives version of controlling a situation is to cease reacting to it Mm -hmm. rather than to try to take charge of the problem or to try to control the other people involved. So I feel like in a way what you're talking about growing up is the way you controlled that situation of having a boisterous household and competitive brothers was just, ceasing reacting to it and so so and, and and i like ceasing to react so
1: in in some situations i think that has a positive outcome and in that one i would say it probably did in others um so what did i say to you the other day we we we, we seed the ground right? yeah when there's conflict when there's aggression rather than drawing a hard boundary and holding our ground my my impulse all my life has been to seed the ground Right. Just to withdraw, you know, like the CNM, like the Russ Hudson's image. CNM and the CNM, thing. which I think is so good. You know, exactly. We've got our feelers out there, waving in the water, collecting information, hypersensitive, constantly calibrating and observing. <laughs> and, um, and when we encounter danger, or conflict, we withdraw. You we pull those in. suckers in. We pull and, in. And, and we seed the ground. and um, And so, you know, that's a protective. Protective reaction; it preserves our, my autonomy.
0: And don't um, you think a lot of fives rationalize that behavior by by saying, like, instead of instead of looking at a situation and saying, "I just ceded that territory, or I ceded that ground, or I gave up that space that I could have been in," they they're like, "Oh, I don't need that space." Right. Uh, yeah. look at me! I'm yeah, so. Yeah, of course, talk-
1: of course, you rationalize it, but then there comes a time when you realize, oh my gosh, I just gave up something that really means a lot to me, and I need to awkwardly step back out into <laughs> right into the field and draw draw my boundary, which you've you've um, conditioned the people in your life to think you don't care, right? And so when you step out and draw that boundary, that can cause conflict, as I've experienced recent years
0: right right you've kind of trained everyone to that that
1: to just expect that i'll go along or i won't i, I don't have strong feelings about the situation
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. um so um yeah
0: and so and also i just i i yeah i think the seeding of ground is important and i also think Controlling the situation by ceasing to react to it is important. So especially like in our relationship, it's a really maddening thing that you do sometimes because like if you're just not into it or you don't like what I'm saying or you don't like what's happening, you just kind of, it's almost like you're, you suddenly become invisible or something or you just, you just don't react. You just get really... It's almost like I can't find you. It's weird. I don't know how to describe it. But it's like I can't find you. And so that's for me I get like it makes me nervous because I, I want to go looking for you harder. Yeah. But um so but I think in general it's a pretty it's a good tactic, but I, I think it makes relationships relationships get lost yes. in that, with that tactic. And I, I mean, it's one thing to be married to someone who is, you're making nervous by ceasing to react and then I'm going to kind of try to keep coming and finding you. But think of all the like people in your life that you're not, not married to mm-hmm. that you cease to react to their behavior and they don't know where you are anymore. Yeah. And so they are not going to necessarily come find you yeah. because they're not going to put that energy into it yeah and, and
1: in some instances that can be um, um, you know you're ceasing to react so maybe it's a conflict that doesn't need to happen because you don't care that much right. but there and are so, instances so, yes. where it is a cop out yes, yes absolutely yes. So there it, are times it, it, when it's a cop out
0: yes so it has, its, um, it has its real blessing and it has its shadow and of yeah. course that's kind of one of the reasons I love the Enneagram is because it is a map of our blessing in our shadow. And, um, we all find our trans. We all kind of transform and become our better selves through our shadow. And so it's important to kind of, I mean, that's uh, the Enneagram shows you where your shadows are. So it allows you to, to to, it's like a shortcut map to the shadow which also shows you your, your gift and so this is a great example of a five's gift in shadow where you have equanimity like you cease to react to things so there's a boundary there, there's some things you don't need to react to as you said and so there's a lot of there's a lot of equanimity in that there's a lot of neutrality in that, there's a lot of peace and non dramatic behavior which is great you know and so that and then the shadow we've already discussed so I don't have to go back over that but that's it's it's interesting like it's like as long as you're just being self-aware and you're kind of watching this tendency to seed territory or to cease reaction I guess the question for a five is like to say oh there I am seeding territory or ceasing to react uh, let me, let me, let me observe myself doing that. And do I think it's, is this an example where I should jump out and be awkward and maybe have some intimacy yeah. or is this an example where, uh, I'm just keeping the peace and I think it's fine. Now, my guess is a lot of fives are going to lean on the latter one and about things that really could be the yeah. former one.
1: And I uh, agree. And I think, I, mean, I think there are a couple of reasons we do that. One is maintenance of you know, maintaining our autonomy. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that I feel really strongly is um, an embarrassment at taking up space, right? Um, almost a shame at, at taking up space, um, of uh, asserting my wants or my needs. At the expense of somebody else. It's almost embarrassing to me. Right. Which is silly because then what I'm, you know, in some instances maybe that's, you know, maybe that's um, appropriate. But other times I'm not serving myself by doing that. And maybe not serving the other person.
0: Definitely not. So, like, I think it's back to that earlier part where we were talking about self-promotion and desire so there's this real sense of superiority around not having desires and not taking up space right and that can be it can be there there there's a certain frugality and efficiency and neutrality about the, having that position yes that's the good side but the bad side is is that you are you're giving up without even really thinking about what your desires are you're giving up your desires without even really realizing that it is a desire exactly and and so then you get really distanced from your desires and then you, the more you get distant from your desires, the more you rationalize, like why that's so awesome that you don't have any.
1: Well, and also, and the more condescending and irritable you get. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> because... So, like, if you're if you're
0: condescending, irritable five, like, hello, oh, time to start thinking about your desires, yeah. right? Yeah, and taking up space. And of course, the minute a five actually does that work. It's going to be awkward as hell, right? They're like, oh, I'm going to practice taking up space and having some (laughs) desire. And then you're like, what the fuck is going on? It'll look really weird. And people might respond to that five in a weird way because they're like, what's happening? But it's like, keep going, keep going with those desires and taking up space. Because then not only do you get to practice being vital in the world, other people get to come alongside and know you, mm-hmm. which then feeds back to your vitality in the world mm-hmm. and knowing yourself. Yeah. yeah. The defensive tactic of not getting involved in emotional entanglement extends to positive as well as negative emotions. So like we were just saying, mm-hmm. to want something is to open the door to loss and to want something badly means to suffer the consequences of allowing yourself to become attached to and dependent on others does it feel like is a sense of loss attached to this wanting of desire like having desires
1: I suppose yeah it's a good question. Because what, what's the fear? What What's the fear of... Because
0: of, I mean, y'all are in the fear tribe, which I think yeah. you really don't like.
1: Um, no, God. No, no, but I mean... Um,
0: and so... I wrote I out in the margin, and Lillian and I talked about this, that fours and fives really struggle with lack. That fours want everything and really can't see what they already have. Yeah. And fives try to want nothing, limit limiting what they can have.
1: Yeah, I suppose, I suppose that, yes, I think that makes sense. So if you limit your desires, then you're never going to be terribly disappointed. Yeah. You're never going to feel that pain. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: So it's, it's, it's good to talk about that because I think when people are with fives they don't necessarily know that that tender that tender um, motivation that tender place is there that that's the starting point Mm -hmm. that's why I like Russ Hudson talking about a sea anemone that if you make your world small and you don't have big desires and you don't take up space then you won't have loss Mm -hmm. You won't be hurt fives commonly report that they try to get full information about an event ahead of time so they can pre- be they, blah, blah, so they can prepare by previewing everything that's likely to happen the desire is to be forewarned about any unpredictable or potentially embarrassing encounters anything unexpected or or any strong demand on the part of others is likely to panic a five into having to feel in a situation where he or she does not wish to.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I don't I don't feel that super strongly. I mean I do like to know
0: You like to have all the information. I
1: like to have all the information. I like to know what's coming. Mm -hmm. Right? I like where are we going? Who's gonna be there? You know, what time do we need to go?
0: How long is it going to go? How
1: long is it going to go? Yeah, I like to have that. But I don't feel panicked if I don't have it. And, and I mean, there have been many times in my life where I was just going with the flow and I was perfectly happy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I understand that, but that I don't feel that s- super strongly.
0: And my guess is a self preserving five would feel that more strongly. Yeah,
1: and I, I don't think I'm a self presed five.
0: I don't think you are either.
1: I'm, I'm afraid I'm a sexual five. Why are you afraid? Oh, of you? I don't know. Because <laughs> you read it to me, and it was well.
0: But you know, I mean, in a yeah. way, I find it interesting because you and I are both sexual dominant, and maybe that's why we get along so well.
1: Yeah, maybe so.
0: You know. Yeah. Suzanne used to always say that when you get, when you don't get along with people, it's because of instinctual misalignment. So mm. she always feels like if, like for example, I'm self president that's my shortest leg, or my least, that's, what am I trying to say? That's my bottom what? of my sandwich. I can't think of the right way to say it. Anyway, people, when I get mad at people, it's almost a 100% of the time it's about that. It's about people being very self prezy y mm-hmm. And I'm irritated by it. And, but, but if I'm, if I'm paying attention, I can say, oh, look at you being annoyed by that person being very self-prezy. Why does that scare you, Elizabeth? You know? And yeah. then I can turn it back on myself, which is helpful because it usually is just like something I don't, I, it's just like, I don't, it's usually just some weird thing that I don't want to get involved with. I, I don't want yeah. to be implicated in yeah. it. I remember eat my ego.
1: When I was on a business trip once by myself, and um, I would go and have dinner at the bar of this restaurant in Philadelphia. I was there for three weeks or something, and and just order dinner and have dinner. And one night I was there, and this fellow saddled up next to me. He was he was also a lawyer like me, and um, and he was in town on business, and so we started chatting. And I'm almost certain he was a five and a hardcore self president five mm-hmm. and i tried so hard to have a conversation with him and he gave me zero information about anything he was so tight-fisted yeah and it like a, it put me in a rage yeah it put me in a fucking rage and was like you fucking asshole like you know he he wow. um and I didn't express but that But see, that's rage. like a
0: five's... Those are five's worst characters. So yeah. So you were, you were looking at your shadow.
1: Yeah. And, um, and I didn't express that rage. Like, after about 15 minutes of, like, trying... And it's not that he was... He didn't want to have a conversation. He introduced himself and told me why he was in town. But... He just wanted to remain hidden. Yeah. But he was going to give me nothing. Right. And... Um, like finally I just sort of shrugged and turned to the bartender and started going to the bartender and like that didn't didn't right. make any further and
0: he, effort. He he just he probably was not aware of his totally unaware. He was unaware that he was yeah. sending those yeah. those over boundary like Yeah. He was over boundary.
1: Anyway. Um, I don't know how relevant that is, but um, what's
0: that? I, I I was saying I don't think it's about self press necessarily. I think it's about it's the five shadow. it's their worst, yeah. it's about an unhealthy five, who is hiding.
1: Overly secretive. Overly secretive. Not willing to make any kind of human connection. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. Fives come alive when they are alone. Hmm. The feelings that they were suspended while they were in the presence of others. Um, A five's private time is filled with reverie and interesting things to think about. They love the company of their own minds. And unless privacy deepens into feelings of isolation, they are rarely depressed or bored because they have nothing to do. So... I, I don't think you should say no because I think you described yourself as a yeah, little no, boy I, that, that daydreams. I would say
1: yes to some of that strongly.
0: So I, I like the wor- use of the word reverie.
1: Yeah, totally. That was daydreaming, reverie, absolutely. It was hours and hours and hours of reverie.
0: Hours and hours and hours of yeah. enjoying. I think Suzanne's language around fives is that they are enamored with their thoughts.
1: Yeah. yeah but What was the other thing that fives are not... Um, uh, susceptible to despair? Is that what you said?
0: They're they're not. They're rarely depressed or bored.
1: Hmm. I would say rarely bored. De- depressed. I wonder about because I feel. I, th- I know I've said this to you. I feel like despair is this like siren call and <laughs> peripheral vision. You know, um, and um, and I I've thought about that. Sometimes like this this you know this this dark seductive uh, voice of despair over there calling to you I think where a five is susceptible to that is where we can maybe tell ourselves what's the point of making the effort it's all fruitless at the end you know uh, we're just gonna die or it's all gonna crumble or it's all gonna rot it's all gonna go to hell eventually why are we making all this effort and if you get into that thought process which fives are susceptible to mm-hmm um, you know, I want to see. I want to be assured of the ultimate value of something before I put effort into it, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you can't always be and sure. You, of you can't. You can't.
1: You can't. But that thought process, I, I feel, makes one susceptible to despair.
0: The thought what? process of needing to understand the ultimate meaning of everything.
1: Um, of life, the ultimate...
0: of relationships, of yeah, what you're getting into, of the and job, then, and then
1: telling that... yourself, "What's the point of putting effort into this when ultimately it's not going to bear fruit, or or ultimately it's just we're all going to die." Right.
0: Well, how much of how much of, of that fatalistic thinking uh, serves your purposes as a five of being isolated? I mean, it's a it's that's the Hamster wheel, right there. Right. Well, and
1: it doesn't serve you. I mean, it's it's. I mean, to be
0: fatalistic is very convenient. For it's spiritually
1: a, five. a dead end.
0: Right, but it's also allows a five to just be like oh, I'm fatalistic, and and oh, right. and also you can be really like mentally smug about being fatalistic. Yes. Because it's like I believe in reason. Yeah. I believe in. Pr- pr- uh, what's the word when you can prove it? Because you're looking at it like it's measurable. It's it's. It, you know, you're basing everything on that and you feel really proud about that. They do not look to others for approval. They prefer to be economically self-sufficient. They insist upon being able to come and go as they please. Hell yeah. And they want to remain free of the emotional drains of dependency relationships because fives do not seek recognition. An entirely autonomous life can be built within the home, in which observers can live happily with the companionship of their own projects and fantasies. Yes, I mean I think if you had never married, you you would just be totally content.
1: Yeah, I would. I I would. I would. I agree with everything you just said. It's Um, great. It's great. I love. Although if I had never married, I would probably. you wouldn't. Well, who knows? But who I, knows, you, who I knows. wouldn't. You, I wouldn't have had you to push me, um, mm-hmm. and I probably would have been pretty lonely. Possibly.
0: Okay. Does she talks. She talks about ways of hiding in public.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, they can speak easily about patterns of feeling without having to get personally involved. So. It's interesting to me to think about threes and fives in this way. Um, she goes on to talk about how they can strike the appropriate pose. The pose is adjusted to suit the circumstances. Uh, so I think that the way she talks about threes having appropriate feelings, like that they're that they're performing the feelings or they're performing in public, and they kind of get away with it. I think because fives are um they're they're head dominant. What am I what is that? What am I trying to say? They're thinking dominant and and right under that is feeling. And so it's like you can you're able to socially kind of say Whatever needs to be said about something and sound really like it's real, but there's you're, there's no emotional investment in the things you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. But you know how to kind of hide in plain sight is I guess what a, how I would say it, so that like you're saving yourself the investment. And threes do it too. It's just that it's it's different a little bit different yeah threes are not doing they're not hiding in plain sight first of all they're not really hiding they're performing
1: yeah five will hide and not yeah i would say what we do is not performative yeah um because i mean like a four i think to me anyway inauthenticity is anathema and i don't know if that's a common if that seemed seemed to be a five thing um, but anyway I don't really know either. I mean, yeah. I don't
0: really know that's a good question for fives, yeah, if they value that, if they value authenticity um I mean, it's a definitely an easy way to i think to tell a five from a nine and a five from a three, for example, is a five is willing to wade into conversations and confrontations and arguments um i think y'all are also you will not get into them if it feels like too much energy or it's not worth it to you because you've already maybe judged that person you think that person is an idiot and so you're not going to fight with them because you just don't care and you're not going to ever be friends with them and you already know that so that's when a five disappears. But a five, like if you if you like if you're into the person and you have good energy, with well, them, you don't
1: have to think the person's an idiot. Even you <laughs> might just not be invested in in connecting with that person.
0: Okay, so yeah, right. I'm, I'm being too uh, too extreme about it. Yeah. Um, but there's this way in which you kind of almost automatically measure whether okay, I'm going to jump into this or not.
1: You're constantly calibrating. Right. It's just like this. We, I mean, we walk into a social situation. And it's like the the wheels are turning. It's just calibrating, calibrating constantly. Right. Um,
0: and so a three is doing that because they wanna, they don't want things to get emotionally messy, but a five is doing it because you don't, you don't want to spend the energy, you don't want to invest the, that that right. energy. It's exhausting. Yes. So that's a and, and non-similar. They don't want to invest the energy; it's exhausting. But it's mainly because it feels conflictual and non-peaceful. Whereas a five doesn't really care so much about conflict and peacefulness. Right. I mean, you like things to be, you kind of like things to be peaceful, but
1: but if I feel strongly about something, I I don't mind the conflict. No,
0: you get you get pretty. I get feisty. You can get very
1: feisty. I like it.
0: intimate relationships Um, the central issue for fives is the fear of feeling yes, the central issue for fives is the fear of feeling intimacy is a strain on the basic defense of detaching attention from powerful emotions which means that a five in love is caught between being affected by strong positive feelings and the habit of not wanting to feel at all. Five struggle with the fact that they are more emotional about people when they are alone and recreating an encounter than when those same people are physically present. They say that they are often frozen during a face to face meeting and that they need to be alone to figure out what they feel. The fact that fives can feel more in retrospect when they are safe from an intrusion is particularly obvious when they retreat into isolation directly after a deeply intimate encounter. Easily drained by powerful or continuous contact, fives will withdraw in order to figure out where they stand. The immediate withdrawal from intimacy is bound to affect the partner who may not have the same capacities for detachment. Because fives rarely talk about it, their friends are generally not aware how much they focus on the significant people in their lives during their time alone, or how much time is spent in previewing or reviewing their meetings with people who are important in their lives. A powerful mental connection can be formed on the five side without the other party involved being aware of how central he or she has become in the fives interior life.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: She goes on to say a, a relationship is mentalized. It can be enjoyed a little bit at a time in an abstract way.
1: So I think fives would benefit from expressing making an exercise of expressing these things to the people we care about Mm
0: -hmm. yeah
1: letting them know that they're that they are central to our lives
0: right and how much you think about them maybe Yeah. yeah um I I think that's a really well written paragraph
1: yeah I agree
0: and I think probably for people in intimate relationships with fives this is where things really get this is where people have marital trouble,
1: probably. Yeah, I imagine it can feel pretty lonely to be with a five.
0: Mm-hmm. Fives are often seen by partners as permanently withdrawn and therefore emotionally cold. Mm. So, um, yeah, I just I like I like the word mentalized, and I like kind of this abstraction of feeling. So. It's it's ooh, it's hard for me to even know. Like I don't really know what that means to mentalize a feeling or to have a kind of an abstract feeling. You know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's a it's a very. I mean, do you have any ways in which you can talk about how you? Try to ha- work on this, or like how to have <clears throat> feelings in front of someone, or to—I mean, you did it the other day. That's why I was saying I was so proud. I was so happy, was so supportive of you being mad at me because, <laughs> because I was happy. I was happy you were in touch with your feelings yeah. and your desires. But as far as um, I think it, it's much more about. For me, it's uh, about like this kind of warmth and affection, and kind of knowing in this very soft way that you're that you have you know that you have feelings. So, yeah, for me. I would say
1: a good practice is is expressing um, my affection for people, and you know, you obviously, but but other friends, you know, yeah, it's like sure. just telling them why yeah. you like them. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of fun to do, actually, once I think you start doing it. Oh, it's super fun. Oh, super fun. Because you like people for different reasons, and it's sort of fun to just tell them why and why they're awesome.
0: Well, that's cool. So maybe that could almost even be a game for a five. like Because yeah. it can. You can maybe um, use your because we can and, use
1: our superpower to do that, which can, is this this. You're equanim- enamored with your thoughts. So you yeah, can use this your, equanimity and being at this perception and your observer, and you observe people very um, closely.
0: Right, and, so you can you so can you re- can see can be precise. Yeah, about, you can be
1: very precise about, about why, why you like them. You like the person, which yeah. is which is fun. Yeah, so I think that's yeah. a
0: good that's a good exercise. She talks about relationship to authority and how they prefer minimal supervision.
1: Oh God, I hate authority. I've yeah. always had a problem with authority. You really do. Which I guess probably ties in with you know with the desire for autonomy. Yes, for I mean, sure. So that you know when 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 authority or authority that you perceive to be overbearing comes on the scene, boy, that just that's triggering. Yeah. Yeah. So it, in, it talk
0: whether it's a police person or a uh, or boss, the,
1: or a boss, or you know the managing director of my law firm, you know uh, whatever it is. It's like oh boy. Yeah. And I and I I I've, um, have a hard time um, not letting them know. Do you? That <laughs> not not now. I mean my my situation now is fine, but there have been times in my life whether encounters with police or authority figures or you know, managing partner where I couldn't resist but let them know that I did not respect their authority. Which right. of course just enrages them, right? Right, because right. They, they, they're invested with this authority and I tell them they, that they, 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 it's not valid. Right. And, um... So that's that, a
0: crucial difference right yeah. there between a five and a nine, Yeah.
1: the Yeah. Way. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I've, you know...
0: You've been hung over... i
1: had some violent encounters with police because I couldn't keep my mouth shut. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was worth it to you to maintain your autonomy.
1: It was worth it, even as it was happening. Right. Even as it was happening, it was fucking stubborn. Very stubborn. Yeah. Yes. She
0: talks about kind of nines being disembodied. I mean, fives being disembodied. And um, the story is about a hermit... I was a literal hermit for most of my 20s. No phone, few friends, and a long drive down a bad country road. By the time that I decided that I wanted to study photography, I couldn't remember how to hold up. One end of the conversation. The first year of school, I got into therapy. They recommended body work. I shut down so completely during the breathing exercises that I couldn't feel my body at all. Goes on to talk about this body work that she is doing. And I think that that is true of all fives, that they've kind of, not only are kind of not in touch with their body, which is part of not being in touch mm-hmm. with their desires, right? Mm-hmm. So, but I like the idea of fives kind of getting body work done, getting massages and mm-hmm. things like that, because I think it helps them kind of find their way back so it, into it helps their to, physicality. It, yeah. Yeah. it helps
1: to integrate you.
0: Yeah, that's a good word for yeah. it. Yes.
1: And, and I would say that um, you know all of our, it doesn't matter what number you are, but um, what the Enneagram speaks to is the absence of integration or the, the, the um, shortfall and full integration of the various parts of your person. Yes. Right? Thinking, yes. feeling, doing.
0: Yes. Yes. And I, I think it just stacks so nicely on top of other, other work that I do mm-hmm. um, so let's see a five gets frozen in the, de- the detached stance compelled by habit to watch as a frightening event transpires and constrained to keep attention separated from the feelings connected to what he or
1: she sees yeah I'd say that's true when there's an emotionally intense situation um, I can feel frozen confused Mm-hmm. Not sure what the appropriate emotional reaction is because I'm because I'm confused and and um, I haven't figured it out. I mean, I'm having the feeling, but I haven't identified it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wonder if there's a way in those moments if a five could notice that they're feeling confused and frozen and 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 actually say out loud, "Wow, I feel." Confused and frozen right now, guys. What do you think? What do you, what, what do you think that's about? And you know what I mean, like. Yeah, and yeah.
1: also stepping out of trying to rationalize it or, mm-hmm. or away, and and um, yeah, getting better at observing yourself without thinking about it.
0: Right, right, or thinking or obs- observing yourself being this just solo activity in the kingdom of your mind, you know, where, I mean, I think, you know, the dependent stance processes Mm -hmm. out loud, right? And fives obviously don't process Mm -hmm. out loud, but maybe processing out loud could be a good practice for a five.
1: I think so. You know?
0: I think so. So then she goes to talk about like meditation the attraction for a five can, unfortunately, be the desire to become a master of non-involvement and to become protected from ever having to feel the fears and desires of ordinary life. Because of this desire for premature mental detachment, I really like that, premature mm-hmm. mental detachment, fives have been called the unenlightened Buddha.
1: Mm-hmm. I can see that. And, and yeah, because you can lean on your because, attachment. Uh, yes, because and feel fives become spiritual about it, become so attached to their non-attachment, they actually become arrogant about it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've I've felt that myself, and that's the farther you know that arrogance is is it's not that's not um, that's not enlightened at all, right? I mean, enlightenment right. is is um, you know outpouring of love and equanimity and. Acceptance and acceptance of emotions.
0: And unity with all. And unity things. with all and
1: compassion for all. Yeah. And um, feeling overly detached disconnects you from compassion.
0: Yes. I think she's just saying that, like, fives kind of get it's a kind of a pitfall for a five because yes. it's easy for fives to be kind of Buddhist and practice. Buddhism and practice yes. meditation and practice, quote, detachment and feel like they're on the right path. Yes. And they're, they're doing this totally. great spiritual journey. And, and that's where the arrogance
1: comes in. Right, out. right. Um, on the light side, however, uh, if fives can tap into their feelings while having this equanimity, um, I think that can be very powerful.
0: Yes. Yes what do you mean when you say like, can you describe any instance like that where you're feeling your feelings while being detached?
1: It's not so much I would get, I would say maybe not so much detachment, but, but an ability to, um, see multiple points of view. So to have empathy, Mm -hmm. um, to imagine what it's like to have, to be a different person. Um, I think that's where the, uh, I suppose that's detachment because you're able to...
0: Uh, yeah, you're really, your fives are really pretty good at that. Yeah. They can be pretty good at that.
1: Mm. non judge So, okay, here's what it is. Okay. It's, it's detachment is fine insofar as it's being non judgmental. But when you become detached from feelings of love or compassion, then it's counterproductive.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And maybe detached from where you lose sight of needing to be involved. Right. Yeah. Avarice is your your, your deep shadow, a fob's deep shadow. Um, during hard times a five would rather make do with less than risk reaching out to others in order to get more the preferred reaction is to withdraw to institute an economy move, to reduce personal needs, to bear necessities and to minimize dependency on other people It it has nothing to do with how much money a five has either a five can be very wealthy or very poor there's this real um they, they're like, they get off on not having to need any of it. And yeah, well, I
1: think it's, the average ties into this um, strong drive for self-sufficiency, for yeah. autonomy, right? And so you hoard, um, so you don't need anybody else. You don't have to rely on anybody else.
0: Yeah. Fives report that their inner sense of isolation is relieved when they feel close to knowing how the universe works or understanding human behavior. It is as if they can be included in the world machinery without having to be emotionally involved and that by obtaining the keys to the machine, they can watch others get caught by the perils of love and hate without feeling left out. (laughs) That's funny. That is funny. Uh, the world is machinery I think that's kind of interesting and so that's an instance where I think fives have this not all I mean I feel like fives are mentally collecting and have a curiosity and so there's a there's a tendency for them to see these systems and see this machinery and see how things work and feel a place in that without having actually taking a place in that. So,
1: yeah. It's the the observer.
0: Right. Non-attachment is obviously the opposite of attachment. And attachment stems from a sense of frustrated desire. When we can get as much as we need of something, we can let it go. Knowing that, if necessary, we can have it back again. A fives' false attachment is based on an aversion to the possibility of feeling desires rather than a sense of fullness and having enough. Fives will quite correctly point out that most of us are addicted to having far more than we need to survive comfortably, (laughs) and that we expend enormous energy in the pursuit of status and material wealth because we have become enmeshed in our own cravings and desires. But the compulsive need to not get involved, to not feel connected, and to not be coerced can lead fives to believe in their own superiority because they can do without, but not to a feeling of satisfaction in getting what they want. Real detachment, of course, requires that you have a full range of feelings available to you and that you are able to accept any impressions that need to surface into awareness before before you let them go. The Buddha himself lived through many different life experiences before he sat and had his realization about the natural emptiness of mind. He began to teach the practice of detachment only after having had a belly full of joy and suffering and his fill of some marvelous desires. So I like this a lot because, you know, I mean, one of your favorite things to do is to tell people at parties how, how much we're all in the pursuit of status and wealth and how wasteful we are. And, you know, some of it comes from a real desire to, you know, want to take care of the planet and things like that. But I think it's important for Fives to realize that this is this trap of... Yeah being smug and this false detachment and but mostly what I love is how Helen uses the the Buddha here as this kind of this, this guide and how I like thinking of the Buddha sitting there but this belly full of desire and this belly full of suffering and this belly full of joy and and i think that you and i have talked a lot about how like playfulness mm-hmm. and is is medicine for you and so i like thinking i think of a, you know a buddha full of with with lots of desire is a
1: yeah a good image yes playfulness fun fun is elusive fun's not it's not you know it doesn't just happen necessarily
0: well i think when you're always trying to Gather all the information about what's about to happen so that you can know what to expect so that you're not going to look foolish fun is less possible
1: well and and somebody I forget who I was reading recently but was talking about the importance of of play and fun and and they defined it as pursuing grand absurd projects for no no, um, reason for no particular reason and I, I like that. I think that's a good, a good um, thing to do, to try to do.
0: Mm-hmm. You, I feel like we were driving around and you had some quote you were going to read by somebody. Oh,
1: Oh yeah. Yes. Um, hold on. I'm going to um, find it. It's Karl Marx. Five are like the ultimate capitalist. It's kind of embarrassing.
0: The ultimate capitalist.
1: As opposed, yes. Um, so,
0: Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. Okay.
1: Uh, here, this is Karl Marx, We'd love many wonderful things to say. Unfortunately, he's, um, you know, the, the Soviets kind of tarnished him with taking it to uh, absurd ex- extremes. But boy, he's got some fantastic things to say. Um, so he wrote in 1844, the less you eat, drink, buy books, go to the theater or to balls or to the pub, And the less you think, love, theorize, sing, paint, fence, etc., the more you will be able to save, and the greater will become your treasure, which neither moth nor rust will corrupt, your (laughs) capital. The less you are, the less you express your life, the more you have, the greater is your alienated life, and the greater is the saving of your alienated being. Amazing. Ouch. old Karl Marx, he, he added... But who uh,
0: who knew that Karl Marx could describe a five so perfectly? I know. And also yeah. our our and also just that the juiciness that yeah the juiciness and the belly full of joy that yeah. is is so. the medicine. So and so and, and and the way he describes like a five's kind of coming at it from like well less I do this and that you know that that there's just real. Righteousness around this alienated self. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else you want to say?
1: Let's have fun. Let's have
0: fun. Yes. I think we're doing pretty good job. I love you. Nice.